It is a strange state of affairs that if I were just to say, oh, this is the Nazi episode, I have to clarify, because there's three of those now. <sighs> but yes, there's the Voyager Nazi episode, which I actually like. There's the Enterprise Nazi episode, which I'm not at yet. And then there's this one. So this episode is an excuse to reuse sets and props, because they had tons of the World War II stuff just lying around from other stuff that Paramount had been doing. So, okay, I'm with that, I'm with that. But, um, I don't know, the, the premise here is really, really flimsy, but I still find it more likely than, hey, there's a parallel Earth where Rome actually kept going. So I'm not sure if I should complain or not. It's like... What do you want, Lore? I mean, we got rid of the parallel Earth thing. It's like, okay, yeah, no, you did, you did. I guess. This episode, by the way, apparently, I've actually heard a conflicting report from this, but the very earliest did not actually get released in Germany, publicly and officially, until 1996, or much later, depending on who you believe on that one. This episode was written by John Meredith Lucas. I want to point that out because originally, Mr. Schneider wrote this script. It was actually a different episode, but the same concept. Schneider, if you don't remember, wrote Balance of Terror. They decided this script was better than Schneider's. Um, <laughs> I'm not really sure that was the right call, because this script sucks. There are many gaping issues with it, and more to the point, the final act is awful. See, this is a mystery episode, to go to the types of episodes we've talked about before. And the big mystery is why a Federation cultural observer and historian has decided to directly interfere in the most violent way possible to establish a Nazi regime on a violent planet. That's a pretty big question mark, I'll give you that. And so it's a good mystery, because it's not about exactly what happened, it's about why. And that is probably one of the better parts of the episode, trying to figure out the why. The problem is, well... Not to make any parallels, but to, I could think of a certain lost show that has this exact same problem. The answer is unsatisfactory. It's like, oh, why did you do it? Because they needed the efficiency. Because Nazi Germany was the most efficient government. Now, I know this is written in the 60s, but anybody who's studied history anytime over the last 40 years will tell you that over time we have become more and more aware of just how incredibly inefficient that government actually was. It has been argued that even at the point in which this episode was written, this was still already a point, but that is a debatable thing. I'll let that one slide. It's just interesting to think about as history turns and factoids change, right? <clears throat> and everything was working great. Everything was working fine until one evil person showed up. I... What's weird is there's some good elements to this episode. I mentioned the mystery, which is good. McEvity. Uh, McEvity. McEvity? I still don't know how to pronounce that. He was the one who directed this. This is one of his last episodes, his third to last episode he directed before he's out. Um, he did a good job with several things. They, they reused the Paramount offices for the Nazi HQ and... I mean, saving money, right? That's kind of the name of the game. They actually give them outfits that are appropriate to the era and area. Later on, McCoy actually gets uh, an appropriate colonel's outfit. Holy crap. It's, it's like they have the ability to infiltrate properly all of the sudden, which they didn't have many times before. By the way, they have a transponder thing, which they can inject into you, 
so that you can be found no matter what. And he gives an order. If we're not under other all other circumstances ignored, when you swing back around at X time, you beam us up no matter what. All of that is brilliant. Maybe it's directly because of the fact that they keep being taken hostage, because that's a really common thing in this show. It's just nice to see that actual competency. I don't think this sub-whatever, you know, the in, the injected commune thing will ever come up ever again, which sucks because that is an astonishingly useful tool to be in the kit. So, yay. Is this the first time we introduce a new piece of technology that's massively useful and then never see it again in Star Trek? Because that's a thing across most of Trek. Either way... We then talk about the non-interference directive, and Star Trek really does have a weird thing with Nazis, doesn't it? I do like the Herogen episodes, but I think that's because of the nature of what they did for the characters, not the Herogen or the Nazi part itself, just the character elements is why those two episodes work for the killing game over in Voyager. Um, this episode is mostly unmemorable. I have maybe five bullet points on my notes here. I, I got nothing. There's so little to talk about. Um... Kirk adapts very quickly, which is funny. He infiltrates very, very quickly. He's like, oh my god, look! And then takes out the one guy, and then, oh my god, I got this guy! And then he gets taken out the other guy, and so now they have the uniforms. Then they get caught by the Major. Why? Never explained, by the way. He just inexplicably demands to see the guy's helmet for no reason when everything's legit, and then decides to start torturing them for no reason because he's evil. Remember that, by the way. Also remember the crew who captures and tries to beat the uh, Zor uh, Zion, Zeogian, whatever, person on the street. Just remember that, okay? That's going to be coming up later. So then we have the escape and then the fake-out with Nazi spies. We find out Darius is actually a loyalist, a.k.a. a patriot of the Ecosians, a.k.a. someone who is against the Nazi party. Then we find out that the Fuhrer is an alien. I mean, they find out. We knew this, obviously. But it's funny because the way she says that just reminds me a lot of Voldemort. If you don't get the parallel, Voldemort was really big on racial purity. We must be pure blood, except he's not a pure blood. And, of course, Voldemort has parallels of Hitler himself, so let's just move on from this. Kirk is really good at bluffing in this episode. It's one of the weirdly enjoyable things, is seeing Shatner just kind of talk his way around things, like he suddenly turned into Han Solo. He actually does a good job of it, and it's enjoyable for the same reason it is with Han Solo, so I'm kind of with that. So McCoy gets caught. Oh no, it's Enig, but it's okay, he lets them pass. That's actually kind of neat, because we find out later that he is, in fact, part of the underground, so that's why he lets them go. Similarly, earlier in the episode, we saw him pull Darius aside and be like, hey, and talk to her briefly. It's just a nice little tidbit. It's probably one of the only actually really smart parts of the episode, so I do have to give that credit. But we're still trying to find the Fuhrer. Like, this whole point is finding this guy and figuring out what the heck went on. So they finally find him. Do note in the background there's a speech going on where they mention that the genocide of the, the Zions on the planet has already begun. They're already killing them in the streets, and they've already sent a fleet to wipe out the other planet. Do do me a favor and keep that in mind, okay? So then we find out the big reason is because Nazi Germany was an efficient government. That's that's the so that's the answer to the mystery. I already gave it away because it's a dumb answer. On what possible level could you even if you wanted to go with an autocracy, which I could see at least a logic behind doing so, 
you know, in order to try to like a temporary autocracy, in order to pull civilization out of a really bad time, in order to then supplant the autocracy with gradual diminishing of power and distribution of power, right? Okay, sure, I can at least see the logic behind that, but no, no, let's go with the frickin' Nazis. Excuse me, Nazis, as, as Shatner likes to say it. I, I can't even begin to see the logic, and that's why I'm so torn on this episode, because even though it's not a parallel Earth, a Federation historian decided to, to de deliberately interfere with the planet in order to make them the freaking Nazis. <sighs> I keep saying that word. I'm going to say it loud enough. My neighbors are going to be like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> uh, there's one good scene later. You notice I'm just racing through this episode where Melikon is praised as being an expert on genetic purity, which then leads him to making up a bunch of nonsense on the spot about Spock. Okay, you got me. That was cute, Mr. Lucas. Then, you know, he gets up and he's like, One evil man has ruined the whole system. Alright. So, an evil dictator is nice and all, but the, the episode treats Melikon like he's the bad guy in the classic narrative sense. You know, you, you defeat him and... The, the the game is won because now the the enemy has been defeated, right? It's not thinking about however many dozens of thousands of people who are totally cool with genociding, butchering, brutalizing, and otherwise oppressing another group of people for no reason whatsoever. Do keep in mind this is also a people who are mentioned to be very very violent and brutal in general. That's why they wanted to uh, affix the order to things. That's why they used a convenient target, because a convenient target can unify people like very little can. Are you really trying to tell me that getting rid of one person who is in power is going to fix this because only one person in power is the only reason this goes badly? Is that really what the episode's trying to put? The problem is this is simplistic storytelling. This is the kind of thing that I could expect in a bad kids show. And yes, I mean that as an insult. Because I've seen good kids television, which actually has logic and reason and consequence and continuity and, you know, actually encourages the viewer to use their brain. This is the opposite. The bad guy has been defeated, so things are okay now. That's not how that works. And it actually aggravates me that they go that way in Star Trek, a show that's generally about thinking. In fact, I could be wrong, but this might be the first pat ending we've had in Star Trek. Because at the end, they, the way they phrase it, I don't know how to explain this. It's like... It's horrible. The, the, Kirk's like, okay, we did it. And then one of the Ecosians, I don't even remember which because it doesn't matter, one of them's like, now we've been given a chance to do better. And then the other one says, the killing must stop. And then the third one says, we will prove our own destiny going forward. And each of them just, like, gives one line of the of the speech as if it's, like, a cute, like, it's a frickin' play. Like, it's a high school play that each one of them has to stand up there and say, now we understand the, the error of our ways. Right? What the crap? I... Uh, do keep in mind, one of the gentlemen, I didn't write down any names because I didn't give a crap, but the Z the Zion guy, he was totally okay with killing. In fact, he does kill in this episode, despite insisting that his people are so anti-killing that they probably wouldn't even defend themselves. Now, that's important, because there has been brutalization, and there has been oppression, and there has been killing, because the final solution already started, which means if he's okay with that, how many of them are okay with that? And now we get a cycle of vengeance thing going on. Isn't that great? 
This is a very complex, convoluted situation, which is going to lead to an absolute mess, which could have been a very interesting, in-depth dilemma episode if you had shoved the mystery to the very beginning and made the episode all about figuring out, okay, how the hell are we going to fix this, that I think could have actually worked. Instead, it focused on the mystery, which it did a decent job of, as I said, and so the solution is, okay, we're done. That is the definition. I looked it up, by the way. I looked up the definition of a pat TV ending. Um, and, of course, I closed the window because I'm a moron. But, hang on, I'll, I'll pull it up again here really quick for you. The actual definition... Do, 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 do. No, it... Okay. Let's try that again. Here we go, here we go. A... Exactly suited to the purpose or occasion and suspiciously appropriate... See also contrived. Pat TV ending. Oh, everything's fine. So we can move on and not care about that. Ironically, I think an episode like this and more episodes covering the consequences of this would be good on something like, say, Deep Space Nine. <sighs> then two other things happen that piss me off. The writer turns to the viewer and says stuff as if it's true. I hate it when that happens. Even when it's something I agree with, it's something that irritates me. In this case, it's two things that I violently, violently disagree with. One is, and I quote, <clears throat> I was wrong. The non-interference directive is the only way. Well, I think I've made my point about the PD many times, so let's just move on. The other one is, now we have proven that absolute power corrupts absolutely. That is a proven fact now. Which, as I've said many, many, many times, I also massively disagree with. In fact, if my theory about power and corruption is true, then what we have here is a really bad situation because several people were enabled by their power to be genocidal maniacs. <sighs> this is an extremely forgettable episode. It's not as bad as many other episodes, but I'm never watching this one again. It's going on the skip list. Probably right below Breads and Circuses. Bread and Circuses, if I was to look at the list. Because at least that episode had some amusing antics and some, you know, enjoyable moments. This was just... Is it over yet? <laughs> this is the thought I kept finding myself having. And I'm sure you're thinking that right now about my thing, so I'm going to go ahead and chop this off. I was thinking about doing a fake Nazi salute here as part of a joke, and then I realized that I, I, I'm just asking for trouble if I do even a fake Nazi salute on the internet. Like, just picture someone taking a screen capture of that and being like, Hey, look, Low Runner's a Nazi. It's just, okay, yeah, so I don't need any of that nonsense. I'll do this salute instead. I actually believe in this one. <laughs>